Welcome to Finding Drishti Podcast. I'm Terry Cohen. Today's episode is the last of a four-part workshop series called Heart of Yoga that took place at Austin Bouldering Project. In this fourth and final session, we looked at the Niyamas Svadhyaya and Ishvara Pranidhana. This recording includes discussion, meditation, pranayama, and gentle asana. You may want to bolster or block to sit comfortably. So the last few weeks, we've covered all five of the yamas. Uh, the yamas are the actions that you take to get on the path. So no lying, no stealing, don't be violent, things like that, right? The, the kind of the most basic things that you learn or hopefully you learned as a child. Last week, we started getting into the niyamas. So the ones that we covered last week, we have saucha, cleanliness, right? Kind of clearing the clutter, mental and physical. Uh, we have santosha, which is contentment, finding satisfaction, feeling satiated. And then we had tapas, which is starting to get into that inner fire, that inner desire to learn more. So we're coming to the last two niyamas, and it's svadhyaya. So let me spell these for you. S V A. D-H-Y-A-Y-A, Svadhyaya. And this is self-study. So this is starting to go inward, right? Our journey has been like from the outside, clear some space, be not a jerk to other people or towards yourself. Hi, I'm gonna give you a couple of these blankets. And <clears throat> taking this inward journey starts to get to this place of, uh, this for me is the hardest part of the the second limb, because suddenly these aren't like very clear actions, right? So when I hear saucha, cleanliness, okay, well, I know cleanliness, right? Vacuum, clean, clear your space. And when you start to notice clutter filling up your head, you try to take it and get rid of what you don't need, right? Tapas, starting to get into that space of, okay, I need to like, get myself on a path where I can start to learn more, that I have this inner desire, right? And you have to start some inner motivation. Svadhyaya is starting to get into this space of, okay, I've already learned so much from the outside world, and I'm starting to bring it in. Now i got to really start looking at myself, right? Like looking inward at my own truth. And it starts to get a little uncomfortable at times when you realize your truth isn't something that you want to project or that you don't like anymore. And that's part of the process is as you start to go inward, the self-study might start to bring some stuff up. And that's good because then you can start to apply some of the other niyamas again. Stuff bubbles up that you don't like. Saucha, you know, offer some cleanliness there. See if you can purify it, get it, get it out of your system, out of your life. Uh, so we'll dive a little bit deeper into that. I'm going to introduce the last one, Ishvara Pranidhana. So these are two words. Ishvara is spelled I-S-H-V-A-R-A. Pranidhana, P-R-A-N-I-D-H-A-N-A. And that one is surrender. So this is kind of where you get to that space of, okay, I'm doing so much, you know, very active kind of spiritual practice to getting to the point of go, okay, now I got to let go and I got to just take it all in. This to me is the absolute hardest because we, if you tend to be type A or being raised in the Western society, we're like, do, 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 right? What boxes can I check off to feel like I'm a better person? What can I do? What are the actions that I can take? And Ishvari Pranadana goes, you have everything already. 
and you just got to get out of the way and you surrender to it. So we'll get a little deeper into that. So those are the two that we're going to cover. Uh, and today's practice is going to be very, very super chill. I'm calling it supervised nap time. We'll do very restorative. We're going to use all the squishy props. Uh, we're going to lay around for like 10 minutes at a time. Uh, so this is not an active practice. If you're hoping for that, stick around for the 12 o'clock and I'll put you through your paces then. Uh, but for, for this hour and a half, it's going to be very chill. So get yourself comfortable. So go ahead and find some kind of comfortable seat. If you want to sit on a bolster, have a little lift of your hips. If you want to have a block, if you want to come into a kneeling posture, you can also put something underneath you or beneath you in such a way, but make sure that you're comfortable and we'll face this way-ish. Um, and we'll start getting into it. Does anybody have questions from the previous weeks? Anything that bubbled up in the last few weeks that maybe didn't quite make sense or you want a little bit more information or clarification? And this stuff might also bubble up as soon as you get in your car and go home, right? That's usually when it happens. Okay. If anything does bubble up, I'll have all my contact info come ask me for my email. Uh, I'm happy to answer questions as they come up. Okay. So I'm going to start with a reading for you guys. So that I've been reading from this book, Meditations from the Map by Rolf Gates. And this is 365 daily little essays. Uh, and the first two limbs are covered in here, and he actually gets through to the rest of the limbs. Hi. Okay, we might need to share a blanket with her if anybody wants to. Thanks, Susan. Yeah. All right. All right, so it says, each step forward in our practice is a step inward. To practice yoga is to draw ever closer to the truth. As we learn to relax into our truth moment by moment, breath by breath, posture by posture, the need for pretense starts to fall away. We find that we are shedding the layers of armor we've created to protect the false self we present to the world. But as the armor falls away, we are confronted by the old fears that created the armor in the first place and that have held it in position for so long. So if you've been coming to some of my classes, you know that I talk a lot about this armor that we put up. Right, so this might be a, I'm a great mom, so I'm going to put this like happy face, my kids are happy kind of thing going on. You know, social media is, is a lot of armor, right? You only put like the greatest, best moments out for people to see. Right? We put all these things, one, to try to have a barrier between other people's judgment and our feelings. So there's that bit of armor that goes up. There's also some armor that we put up because we don't want to see what's underneath, and it's easier to be like, I'm fine, I'm okay. Right? It's easier to put up these labels that go, okay, if, if I were to create a resume of myself, these are the pieces that I want up, right? And what yoga asks us is, you don't need the labels. These labels are getting in the way of coming inward. So when we start to peel the layers away and go, you know, I don't have to live to this label, right? I used to work in advertising, so I was very used to like brands and labels and, you know, how do you market yourself? How do you market a brand or a product? And it was all fake. <laughs> and so when we start to strip that stuff away 
It's not about the colors that you wear. It's not about the font that you use. It's not about how you do your hair or you know, how somebody looks at you. Oh, this is the trendy friend that I have in my life. This is my foodie friend, right? We put all of these things up. And then when we start to peel them away and go, you know, what's left underneath? Because some of this stuff is all temporary anyway. I like food, but am I gonna like be so into my food that I wanna take a picture of every meal and share it with everyone? Eh, it's too much work. When I'm like 60, I'm not gonna be taking pictures of my food to share on social media anymore. Maybe I just start letting that stuff fall away right now. I don't have to wait till I'm older for certain things, right? So this process of going from this outward in, 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 in can be a lot of times uncomfortable because we like those labels that we've set up. We're like, I wanna be known as the foodie friend. I wanna be known as this. It makes me feel good. And so when we can start to say, yoga's telling me I don't need to live by these labels. I don't need to feel stuck to them. They aren't glued onto me. We can let it fall away and see what's underneath. It's a little scary because once you realize all these layers have come off, you feel naked. You're like, ugh, oh, suddenly I'm exposed. And the truth maybe isn't something that I want to look at yet. How often do you stand around naked and just stare at yourself? Probably not that often, right? Uh, I, I know, especially for me, um, after becoming a mother and your, your whole body changes, standing in front of a mirror is like not my favorite thing. Right? You're suddenly like, oh, this used to be like a little less squishy and like, oh, I didn't know that I had these like stretch marks and lines. But at the same time, like even then, that's all outer stuff. I don't get to take my body with me when I die, right? So I can't keep attaching myself to these things that aren't gonna matter in the end, right? So this is all about a process of going inward and trying to find what's inside so that you can take the spiritual journey and when you can connect with it to bring it back. So we're going to start with breath practice today. Uh, and so the, the, the pranayama that we're going to use is called kumbhaka. So kumbhaka is kind of like box breathing. So uh, you'll actually see this type of breath practice in a lot of different places. Oprah has done it, right? Uh, Brene Brown has talked about it. People use this like in the military. So the idea is that you're gonna inhale for a certain count, you're gonna hold that breath for a certain count, exhale to that same amount of count, hold the exhale out. And you wanna find a full inhale to get to the top, and when you finally exhale, you're gonna empty it fully. So even when you think you've probably gotten to the bottom of your exhale, I bet if you go a little more, a little bit more air comes out, okay? So we're gonna get started with this breath practice first. And this is really great for calming your nervous system. It's also when you're having a panic moment, and you can't quite get your body back in control and you're shaking. This is a really good one to hold on to it. Hold out the exhale. Okay, so get comfortable in your seat, whatever you need to do to pad up. If you need to change the leg position, you don't feel like you're stuck in anything. But make sure that you can sit up tall so that we have the full capacity and movement of your breath, and then close your eyes. Hands can rest any way that you need them or want them. And I'll cue you through. So we're gonna start with about a four count inhale. So start your inhale. One, two, three, four. You're gonna retain the breath. Two, 
three, four, slow exhale. One, two, three, four. Get all the exhale out, hold it down. Two, three, four. Start your inhale. Hold it at the top. Slow exhale. Push out the last of it, hold it out. Inhale. Retain the breath. Slow exhale. Push it out, hold it out. All right, we're gonna try a little bit longer of an inhale. Count of five. One, two, three, four, five. Retain the breath. Two, three, four, five. Slow exhale. One, two, three, four, five. Push the breath out. One, two, three, four, five. Inhale. Retain your breath. Slow exhale. Hold it out. Inhale. Retain your breath. Slow exhale. Hold the breath out. Do one more round. Inhale. Hold it at the top. Slow release. Keep the breath out at the bottom. Take a normal inhale. Take a normal exhale. And flutter the eyes open. How does that feel? Do you notice a difference between how your mental state, emotional state was? Even your energy level can change. And this is, this is the beauty of breath practice, that we can use it in such a way to change anything that we're experiencing on the most immediate level. So if you ever have a moment of extreme anger where you need to calm yourself, right? If you're having a moment of a panic attack, anxiety, frustration, you can use this breath. And I actually use this breath a lot with my kids because it's, it's hard to get a kid who's having a tantrum to figure out how to calm themselves. And so just thinking about this kind of box breathing, right? Even inhales, even holding, even exhale, even holding of that. It tells your body by slowing the breath down. It tells your nervous system, okay, we're, we're not in a panic mode right now. And so your nervous system goes, ooh, okay, we're just gonna slow this down. We're gonna like let things calm down. And you can do this, you know, just for a few, few breath cycles. It doesn't have to be any kind of huge thing. 
but just this full capacity of the inhale, getting all that fresh oxygen in, letting it sit there for just a moment, and then allowing for that contraction, letting everything come out and feeling that exhale at the bottom. Okay. All right, so we're gonna chit chat for a little bit to talk about these last two niyamas. So get comfortable. If you've been coming to my classes in the last few weeks, if you need to change up your leg position because your foot fell asleep, do it. Don't feel stuck, right? We're gonna be here for a little while. All right. So let's start with Svadhyaya, self-study. So the point of spiritual practice is to make us teachable, to open our hearts and focus our awareness so that we can know what we already know and be who we already are. So that's already talking about that removing of the layers on the outside. So Rolf Gates says, Recently, I gave a talk to the new teachers at my studio about staying inspired and teaching inspiring classes. The crux of it was that you have to practice every day and you must stay connected to your own sources of inspiration. Whether you are a student or a teacher, expose yourself constantly to those writers, poets, singers, songwriters, movies, actors, yoga teachers, meditation teachers, and anyone else who lights your fire. Just as tapas gives us permission to be enthusiastic about our lives, Svadhyaya gives us permission to stay plugged in. Take yourself out to the workshops, go to the concerts, the museums, the movies. Svadhyaya is about connecting to the energy you find healing and inspiring. So I feel like when we start to get into these last two niyamas, they can start to feel like, oh, I gotta become a monk. I gotta go hide in a cave and reject all technology and run away. And that's the only way that I'm gonna find true spiritual connection. And I like that Rolf Gates goes, nope, go watch a movie. You know, go listen to music that inspires you. Go experience culture and food. Do the things that you enjoy so that when you experience them, you're experiencing them in a different way that starts to come inward. And that's pretty cool, right? It gives you permission to not have to find this kind of stereotypical path to spirituality. This is like, you're, you're experiencing spiritual things all the time, right? A really good meal, oh my God, that was so good. That felt spiritual, right? Whatever it is for you. And so when you can take this idea and give yourself permission that this path isn't about being strict, that you have to do these specific steps in exactly this way, that you can still find this path and stay on the path by doing things that are joyful to you, that are feeling like they're adding more to your own journey, to your own experience. This is gonna give you a space to really explore what's inside, right? You start to go, you know what? I didn't know I liked jazz until I went and experienced it. And maybe you had a moment there. Or maybe you traveled to some place that you'd never been before and it was, initially a scary thing. Ooh, I don't know the language. I don't know what kind of food they have. I'm just going on this trip because somebody's dragging me there. When you're open to it and you experience it, something might come in. So Svadhyaya is all about this, like, let's start to come in. That you can start to absorb the things that work for you. That this self-study is about experiencing things and seeing, is this part of something that I want to keep as part of my truth, part of my core? part of that nakedness that was so raw and so uncomfortable before. And this practice of going inward, 
is constant. And so what he also talks about in this book is that the spiritual journey is not like linear, right? I'm on, I'm on the path and it's like a moving sidewalk, right, at the airport and you're on it and you can't get off until the sidewalk ends. It doesn't work that way. <laughs> the spiritual journey is probably like two steps forward, one step back, one step forward, maybe two steps back, and then you take three steps forward. It's this like back and forth where you start to experiment with what works for you. And you might hit a roadblock and go, ooh, okay, I'm experiencing something that I need to get rid of. There are my yamas starting to bubble up. I'm being violent again. How do I get rid of that? What, do I can, what can I release from my own behaviors or my own everyday part of my lives? And this path as it goes back and forth, it may not feel like you're going anywhere. It might feel like you're just doing a dance within like a small space. And when you stop looking at things in the most immediate circle, and you kind of step away from it and you just let the process work and you experience and you change and you move, look at it more like five years down the road, 10 years down the road. I always talk to my students about, we aren't doing this physical practice to like achieve headstand in one class, right? We're doing things so that we can have longevity. Make this part of your five-year plan, your 10-year plan. And even if you don't get there, that's okay. Then you just move the timeline out a little, right? There's no like, you need to complete this by then. So this journey is gonna take you in a very zigzaggy kind of pattern. But if you stay on the path, right? We go through the process, you start to release things, you might start to feel lighter. And then to stay on the path, starting to get into this inner fire, your tapas, getting into svadhyaya, your self-study. It gets easier and easier to stay on the path when you start doing these, these things. It doesn't say you can't indulge, that you can't have one big night of drinking, right? There's no like, you can't do this. It's just every time that you're trying to take an action in your life, you go, do I really need this? And if I do this now, I'm not gonna be punished for it, but maybe next time when you have a hangover, you go, maybe I don't drink that many next time, right? You make a bad decision, that's okay. Nobody's gonna spank you on the bottom. You recognize what happens, and maybe you make a different decision next time. That's all it's saying, okay? I got so much good stuff for you guys. All right, so let's get into Ishvara Pranidhanas. Does anybody have questions about Svadhyaya before we move on? So Ishvari Pranidhana. So the final Niyama tells us that we do not have to reinvent the wheel. We simply have to follow suit with every other living being on the planet. Right? We're all on the same path. You're born, you live, you die. So for this, lost my page. For this one, this is where it starts to get a, a little bit heady. So we all come from different faiths, whatever your background is, and this can apply to any faith. Uh, I went to a Baptist church when I was a kid. My family is Buddhist, so that was very strange for me to get this like whole different learning that I didn't get at home. And I remember um, asking, I was asking one of my sisters, I was like, well, they pray to God at, the, at church. And she goes, yeah, but our family's Buddhist. We don't have a God. And I was like, whoa, now I'm really confused. <laughs> so yoga isn't attached to any one religion or any one faith practice. This one is starting to get into, we all have some amazing source within us. 
And if you want to label it God, or if you want to label it something else, you want to label it any kind of religious figure is speaking through you, it all works, right? We all have something within us that we can tap into. So this is where it's starting to get into that. So whether we find profound joy and direction in worshiping God, Allah, the Buddha, nature, human potential, science, or our own higher self makes no difference. What matters is that we embody reverence, that we regularly and consistently bring our attention to the divine. The power of devotion sustains us as we meet the difficulties inherent in our path. If there is not a dance for joy in your yoga, you can put one there. The final niyama is truly a dance for joy. Practice reverence and experience the joy of devotion. So this is talking about that surrender, right? That a lot of times we're just getting in the way of ourselves. And that's what's covered in those first, uh, first yamas, those five yamas, and starting to get into the niyamas, is that we, we do this to ourselves. Barriers, armor, labels. We do all of these things to cause the suffering unnecessarily, right? We have these behaviors that are kind of like gut reactions, more like toddler tantrums, right, that, that start to bubble up. Uh, and when these things start to come up, uh, until you find a spiritual path that says, actually, when you don't do that, you'll feel something different, right? Some of this is like morals that you learn as a child, right? Most of us learn not to lie, not to steal, all this and that. And yet we still do those things as adults, right? This is why we can't just say, I've done all five yamas and I'm good. And we'll move on to the niyamas and I'm going to just turn everything inward. This is why that pattern and path is zigzaggy, right? Because there are going to be days where you're like, yeah, a little white lie. I'm really angry. I'm going to smack my kid on the bottom with my hand, right? There's still moments where those other things are going to bubble up. And when those things bubble up, we're doing them to ourselves. I'm a hoarder, right? I have clutter. I'm constantly in that saucha phase. I'm constantly our parigraha, right? Non-hoarding, non-possessiveness. Those things are never going to escape me. Those are things that I have to work on constantly. And so I am in the way of myself. And Svadhyaya told me when I do my self-study, that when I can look inward and look at my own truth, I can be like, okay, yeah, I'm a hoarder. <laughs> yes, I have these violent tendencies where when I get angry, I want to smack something, but I know I shouldn't. Right? So as soon as I can start getting out of the way of myself, that is surrender. That is saying, okay, now I'm more open. And sometimes I want to be closed, and some days I want to be open. So even then, it's not a, I've opened the door and I'm fully open. I'm spiritual now. <laughs> it doesn't work that way. It's going to come and go. So the more that we can get out of our, the way of ourselves, that we can be receptive and open to the learnings, that we give ourselves permission to go enjoy life, this is where Ishvari Pranidhana says, this is how you get to samadhi, right? Connection with source, whatever source is with you. That's when you start to feel like you are one. Your energy is all in line. If you're really into astrology, right, it's like the lining up of planets and stars, right? This is why you see people who are charging their crystals, right? Whatever brings you that way of feeling connection, go with it. Yoga says, that's okay. Worship crystals, cool, right? Look at astrology, cool. 
Food is your thing. Enjoy everything in moderation, right? So this practice is really nice in that it gives you that leeway. And you're already experiencing all these things in little micro bits. Now I'm just bringing it to your attention so that when you leave here, you go, oh yeah, I remember we talked about this. It gives me a little bit more lightness. Ooh, we talked about this. This is an ugly part of me that I need to work on, that I'm trying to bury, that I'm trying to hide. Maybe you let it be open for a little bit. And when you really look at it, see how it presents itself. All right. Anybody have questions about that? So we're gonna spend the rest of our time, we have a full hour left. We're gonna do about 45 minutes of just chill, supervised nap time. We're gonna use every squishy item that we have. I'm gonna save the last 15 minutes for seated meditation. And we'll do the pasana meditation. And I'll talk more about that once we get there. So let's get ourselves comfortable. Uh, you're gonna need, go grab a, a bolster and two blocks. All right, so we're gonna start with uh, just a nice, there's a fly trying to get my ear, it's attacking me. Okay, we're gonna start with a nice reclined, supported bolster and blocks, sorry. Flies in my face are like the thing I can't handle. Okay, so you're gonna have one block at the back Turn one block sideways on its middle setting. All right, so one in the back is at the highest. Second one is perpendicular. And then you're gonna set your bolster on top. And you can adjust how much space you need between the blocks and you'll kind of see how it makes it either tip a little higher or a little lower. So this is gonna be our back support. With your blanket, so with your blanket, when you grabbed it, it was probably in a rectangle about this size. So you just want to roll it into sushi roll, pastry of your choice. And we're going to use this as a little cushion under the knees. And if you are lucky to have a second blanket, you can use it actually as a little pillow and you would just fold it into so like a smaller rectangle and you put it as a little pillow at the top. All right. So you wanna sit in front of your bolster. Keep the blanket about where your knees are. And you just gotta roll your spine down along the bolster. Get yourself comfortable, All right? Legs are of your choice. If you want legs long, just put the blanket under your knees. If you prefer a cross-legged position or soles of the feet together, let the knees open out. Find what works best for you. If anybody wants a little towel for over their eyes, flag me down. And we're gonna stay in these for about 15 minutes and then I'll move you on to a different position. If you happen to fall asleep, totally fine and cool. I might nudge you a little if your snoring gets really loud, but otherwise I'm just gonna let you be. And we're gonna start this softening process. And just start from external, right? Just notice how do your shoulders feel against the bolster? How do your hips feel?
Let your eyelids get nice and heavy. Feel the support of the bolster under your spine. Relax your arms wherever makes the most sense.
start to deepen your breath. Gently start to come off of their props. Take a moment to move some things out of the way. We'll come to seated for just a moment. Let things settle in. So we set up for one more. We're going to use uh, blocks at the end of your mat where your feet are going to go. You're going to put them on the highest setting. I would put them about hips width apart, maybe a slightly wider. And you're going to set your bolster on top of it. Okay, so this is going to be for your legs. What I recommend is maybe laying one blanket underneath you, flat so that you have a little bit softer of a surface to lie down on. And then keep one blanket as a snuggle blanket, okay? So we're gonna put our legs up on here. So I would sit maybe like foot, foot and a half. If you're taller, you probably need a little bit more space. And you're just gonna lean back. Jillian, I'm gonna have you do legs up the wall in a second, but for everybody else, you're just gonna roll your legs on top. And you want your legs kind of where your blocks are. So about hips width distance, maybe a little wider, just knowing that as you relax, your legs might open a little. And then just snuggle your shoulder blades onto the floor, put a blanket on top of you, get cozy. Okay, so you want a little bit of bend in your knees. You want your calves supported by the bolster and blocks. Let your shoulders relax. Yeah, so if you're really far away from your uh, props, I would scoot your butt in a little so that you have a little bit more of a bend in the knee. And then put your legs where the blocks are.
Start to deepen your breath. And gently bring the legs off of your props. If you want to roll over to your right, and use that as a place to bring yourself up to seated. I didn't lie, right? Supervised nap time. <laughs> Whenever you're ready, we'll come up to a seated position. Use your hands for support. And we're going to set up for some seated meditation for our last activity for today before we get into our final Shavasana. So blocks or bolster or blanket, something underneath your seat that helps lift your seat to about your knee height, if not a little higher. So if you want a few options to play with, a bolster just under the hips, you could do a cross-legged seat. You could take a kneeling position, one-legged, both. Blocks are nice if you want a little bit more height. You can even do two blocks kneeling position. Now you're in a really high perch. So what we want is your spine to be nice and long and your shoulders to be relaxed. And we're going to do a couple rounds, so make sure that you're comfortable. And the meditation that we're going to do today is called Vipassana. And that's V-I-P-A-S-S-A-N-A, -S 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 Vipassana. So if you've ever heard of people going off to like a meditation retreat where they aren't allowed to talk to people, like it's a silent meditation retreat, um, those are usually Vipassana retreats. And uh, so I'm not going to make you do a seven-day silent retreat where you have to turn off all of your technology and go hide away in an ashram and not talk to people for like three, well, you can't talk to people for the entire time, but they also do like three hour meditations. We're gonna do like five minutes tops today, just so that you start to get a taste of it. So Vipassana is insight meditation. And it's literally making you see things as they truly are. And so this meditation doesn't have any specific breath. We're just going to do nice long inhales, nice slow exhales. And what you're going to do with this style of meditation is that uh, we're going to allow for thoughts to pass through. Right? So the pre previous meditations that we've done before, uh, last week we did um, shamatha meditation, which was just counting breath, right? Even inhales, even exhales, where you had an action to do. This one... I kind of think of it like Professor X on X-Men when he goes into cerebral. Is that what that? Okay. Where he goes in and he like, like he opens his mind and he can like hear other people's voices and connect with people all over the world. Similar, except you're going to listen to only your own voice, right? It's kind of scary to sit and only listen to your own voice. And so as we come into this meditation, we're just going to let thoughts come by. And you might look at it for a moment, and then you're going to let it pass. So if you have thoughts that are really uh, irritating, I think of them like my kids getting under my skin. Right? You have something that starts to make you feel icky or agitated. Or there's some kind of reaction to it. We're not going to judge it. We're not going to analyze it. We're not going to examine it. We're just going to go, oh, there you are. And we're going to let it pass by. And so you're going to have a number of thoughts that are going to keep coming and going and keep coming and going. You're not going to attach yourself to any one thought. Just look at it as it comes through. 
and then let it pass by, okay? All right, so find your comfortable seat or kneeling or whatever works for you. Sit up nice and tall, roll your shoulders back and away. And we just want this full capacity of your torso so that the breath has room to move. And then soften your eyes. Find your breath first, just a nice, easy, long inhale through the nose. Easy, long exhale out the nose. So we're gonna go about two minutes on this first round. And just see what passes through. See what bubbles up. Start to deepen your breath. And we'll flutter the eyes open. So for some of us, it was probably like excruciating to sit quietly with your own thoughts, right? And I always feel like any time you have discomfort, even if it's the physical act of sitting quietly and still, if that brings you discomfort, that's a sign that there's something asking for your attention. 
asking for you to examine it, that there's somewhere of growth that needs to happen. So we're going to do one more round, about two more minutes. So get readjusted if you need to change up how you're sitting, you need to change up what you have underneath you. So you can imagine if in these little two minutes that we just did, stretch it out for three hours, and then you go eat a meal in silence, and then you go back and meditate. If that doesn't sound like your thing, that's okay. You can still do these in little micro bits throughout your day. And this is really where that self-study starts to come in, into place by Yaya. So I've, I, I think these two things go really nicely because it's, it, it's, it's so internal, right? Having to listen to your own thoughts, having to examine what's inside. Things bubble up, they may not be the prettiest things. They might be things that make you feel, ooh, I can't believe I just thought that thought, right? So try not to allow any kind of judgment or analysis. Let it come in, let it go out. Okay, all right. Sit up nice and tall, relax the shoulders, close the eyes. Take a couple more minutes here. Nice long inhales. Slow and steady exhales.
start to deepen your breath. Keeping your eyes closed or soft, make your way towards Shavasana. So you can slide any props out of the way. Use your hands to feel where you are on the mat. You're welcome to take it on your back, or if you want to take it side-lying, you're welcome to take any final resting pose that feels right for you. And just scan from the feet up. See where you can let go of any holding in the toes and in the arches, calves, the knees, the thighs, the hips get heavy, belly soft. Let your chest rise and fall. Shoulders resting into the floor, and the head is heavy.
Bring awareness back to your breath. Invite small movements into your fingers and into your toes. Circle your wrists and your ankles. Reach your arms overhead. Take a full body stretch. Yawn and move your jaw around. Draw the knees into the chest. Roll over to your right, coming into fetal position. Take a few breaths on your side. Use your hands for support and press up into a comfortable seat. We'll keep the eyes closed. We'll bring the palms into the center of your heart. So we'll seal our practice with a single om. And om actually has four parts to it, ah, ooh, mm, and then silence. And so that's a full mouth kind of uh, movement that takes the sound through. So we'll take a full breath in through your nose first. Exhale out the mouth, let it go. And then we'll inhale to chant. Namaste. Thank you for listening to Finding Drishti podcast. I'll be back next week with a quick bite to continue our discussion of these final two niyamas. If you'd like to learn more about me or my teaching schedule in Austin, Texas, please visit findingdrishti.com.